So the question is, how do you find purpose, something that is deeply meaningful to you? And I'm going to give you uh, sort of a couple of different tips and also things to write down. That's Dr. Jennifer Aker. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today as we have behavior scientist and Stanford business professor Jennifer Aker debuting on the show today to explain how we can find our purpose and how we should actually be measuring our success. Here's Jennifer Aker. Enjoy. So the question is, how do you find purpose, something that is deeply meaningful to you? And I'm going to give you uh, sort of a couple of different tips and also things to write down. So you have your piece of paper out, right? Everyone's handy. All right, these are some things that we do that's informed by our research, and then we also do it um, with our students. So some people are born with a sense of uh, purpose. Others don't, nor necessarily even want to. But the reality is it's more of a skill than we think. So first, consider whether you have a moonshot right now. So the way we'll define moonshot is, is aligned with um, the way X or Google X defines it. Uh, at Google, they created um, moonshots. Uh, they're... Um, their company called X, and their purpose there is to invent and launch moonshot technologies that make the world a radically better place. Now, whether there's a good business model for this or not is another conversation, but it's interesting to learn, actually, I think, from companies. The way they define it is there is a huge problem. They uh, there's a radical solution, like 10 times better than we could ever dream, and a breakthrough technology. Now, a lot of these ideas translate to what we know from an individual perspective, um, what we could be doing that's much more potentially ambitious than we, we potentially are currently pursuing. Um, you know, sort of classic work suggests that if you are connected to your passion, so that provides the fuel, your unique strengths, your highest and best use, and then what the world needs, and the world needs so much right now, that's not too hard, um, then you'll be sort of in that Venn diagram intersection more connected to your purpose or what potentially could be a moonshot. So a, a personal story, I was one of these people that, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but like, so first of all, I don't really care about marketing, so... Just put that out there. Um, it's unfortunate because I'm a marketing professor. Um, but uh, also don't really care about helping companies, uh, which is also unfortunate because I'm in the business school. Um, and so, but I always wanted to be an oncologist. I wanted to make a dent in cancer. I think um, all of us have been touched by cancer in one way or another. Raise your hands if you've directly or even indirectly been touched by cancer. 
And it feels so real, um, even for those of us who have been lightly touched. But I was worried about being a doctor. I didn't know if I would be able to be a good mom and a great partner and a great friend. Um, and, uh, and I saw my parents be these incredible, incredible parents. And I really want, I aspire to that. And so I went and became a behavioral psychologist and, and went into marketing, which is what my dad was in. And I saw that my skill sets really lined up with what he had. And we were both very efficient and highly quantitative. We were very driven. We didn't need a boss. And we loved research. Um, so I eventually made my way and, and became, became a marketing professor. And, uh, but every Sunday, I would feel kind of empty. So I don't know, have you had these Sundays where like you feel like weirdly depressed and you're not sure why? And um, I would have those empty Sundays, especially Sunday afternoon. And you know, fast forward, I got hired by UCLA for four years, still felt empty. Uh, came back to Stanford on Sundays, got married and had children. And um, I felt less empty, but I still had this twinge of emptiness on Sundays. And I I think, you know, and I used to give these big talks for PhD students and whatnot and saying, listen, let's all face it, we're, you know, we're in marketing. We're trying to teach, you know, privileged people how to make more money um, at Stanford. You know, let's not take ourselves too seriously. We're not curing cancer here. And, um, and it would be kind of helpful for these PhD students because they wouldn't feel so heavy. Um, but I think that had something to do with my emptiness on Sundays. Um, Fast forward, and I think all like a lot of people I talk to have like closet careers. Like if I could quit now and like do something new, I know exactly what I would do. But for whatever reason, we went this other path, right? So um, fast forward, I went to Berkeley for a couple years, and then before coming back to Stanford, and I was teaching a creativity and innovation class there, and I asked my students, you know, to share a story of what. Um, how they changed because of the class. And one of the students shared with me a story, and the story was so impactful. And it was about his best friend who had leukemia and a process by which he harnessed social networks and story in order to get over 20, 25,000 people in the bone marrow registry in order to try and save the life of his best friend because he needed a match. And he was South Asian, so the, uh, the odds of survival were incredibly small because there's uh, very few matches in the in the in the registry for him, and in that process, Robert, my student, found a perfect match for Samir, his best friend, along with Robert's friends and family. And this story that he shared with me at the end of my class was so impactful that I went back that night and talked to my husband Andy, and um, and I said we should write a book about this story. It's incredible. It's about how do you harness social technology and power of story to actually make big change, even if you have no money, no resources, no anything. And he did. He quit his job. We wrote a book together. It was called The Dragonfly Effect. And it was absolutely meaningful. It was absolutely a moonshot for me and for Andy. Because um, what was interesting about it is not only were we able to write that book, but we were able to redefine success for ourselves and our family. We, um, you know, instead of defining success by how much money we made and maximizing money, because this is not a smart financial move, let me just tell you. Um, but we, but our, our real measure of success was we wanted our kids to be inspired to do massive good in the world, to be really impactful. We wanted them to be like Kennedy kids, but without the issues. Uh, so we wanted them to, you know, really 
just rise to that occasion. And that's really hard to inspire when I'm at Stanford all the time, Andy's at Dolby all the time, and our kids are at home. Like, they're not seeing us, and we're not going to move to Darfur because, you know, nails. I, like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, so how do we do good, and how do we inspire them to do good when we're not really living that life in front of them? And what the book Dragonfly allowed us to do, we spent a year working with 12 students here to try and get over 100,000 people in the bone marrow registry in order to um, give homage and, uh, to Robert and also Samir. And that was incredibly gratifying and our kids were very involved. So what was powerful about this is our metric of success changed. Instead of saying we're maximizing profitability or we're maximizing what we should be doing, we think we should be doing. Um, instead, we said our metric of success was that our kids would be connected to charities and doing good, and uh, we would get more than 100,000 people in the bone marrow registry. So every summer now, our kids create their own little businesses, find their own favorite charities, and then donate that money to those charities. Instead of swim team or tennis team, they actually do that. Um, and that was really exciting and inspiring for us. Now, your meaning or purpose doesn't have to be something that launches you to the moon. It could be something as simple as making a difference in just one person's life. Um, it's better to light one small candle than to curse the darkness. All right, so take 30 seconds right now. And based on that little story, just write down a couple of glimmers of moonshots or, or goals, important goals that you might take on in the next five or 10 years. Big Thanks to Dr. Jennifer Aker for stopping by. If you'd like to check out the entire talk, you can go to YouTube and type in Rethinking Happiness with Dr. Jennifer Aker, General Atlantic Professor. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can go to either LinkedIn or Instagram. They are both Jennifer Aker. And her latest book is entitled Humor Seriously, Why Humor is a Secret Weapon in Business and Life and how anyone can harness it, even you. And the book that she had referenced in today's talk is entitled The Dragonfly Effect, Quick, Effective, and Powerful Ways to Use Social Media to Drive Social Change. And I'll have the link to both her LinkedIn and her Instagram and her books. They will all be in the show description below. All right, don't forget to follow the show or share it with anyone who you think will be positively impacted by the show. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at the Depression Detox Show to get inspirational reels seven days a week. All right, that is a wrap for me. As always, I appreciate you. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.